1: Hey, Rom Criminals, if you love this podcast, we are going to ask a little favor from each and every one of you this week. Could each of you tell a friend, just one friend, message them, text them, Facebook, however you want to talk to your people these days, especially with the whole coronavirus. We do appreciate it. We love doing this podcast. We love you guys, and we appreciate you helping us out on this request. What you doing? Oh, you know, just sitting over here, being inside with my family. Yep, same as these. I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. Oh, my it's God. It's so hot. It is. It is very hot. We've been actually staying inside because of that. It's almost like, I think I figured it out in L.A. Like, you go out before noon. You stay inside from, like, noon to four. Mm-hmm. And then you I would go agree with outside that. again. Something like that yeah um hi everybody i'm vanya i'm the rom
0: hi everybody i'm (laughs) avrin and i'm the crime and this is Rom crime this is our true crime comedy podcast that has
1: romantic affairs yes it's It's never romantic when i say my romantic romantic motivations is really what we always want to strive for because we're trying to pick out the romance but dear sweet god it's not romantic
0: you know, it's interesting because I do love that basically every week when I toss that to you, I'm like, here she goes. What's it going to be? And I actually always feel so because I don't have to come up with anything. I say the same thing. And these are horrible stories um, that we're sharing. And I mean, sometimes it's easy to find like a funny replacement for motivations. Yeah. This is not one of those stories. Um, But you know,
1: some of it is romantic to the certain people in the, uh, you know, in the story. So I guess that's where we're, you know. Yeah. I mean, obviously
0: there is a, a level of desire between some of the people yes. we're about to tell you about yep. that borders on like full blown. You must be like crazy bananas in love with one another yes. to do the things you're doing. So yes. it was yeah. romantic to them. You know, exactly. You can't you can't deny chemistry in the exactly. words of one of these horrible folks. That's true. So we are covering.
1: And if you guys happen to watch our uh, Tuesdays on Instagram live, guys, 5 p.m. Pacific, we're doing a fun short segment uh, live with our faces talking called Demented Love. And anyways, we were telling people on that episode that this for the next uh, few series, we're going to be covering an ID. What is it? An ID discovery? It's basically,
0: it's an ID discovery show, but Mm -hmm. it's a new show that um, was produced by Khloe Kardashian, who I had no idea was a true crime person. And the show is called Twisted Love and it's a six episode series and each episode basically covers a rom crime and every single one of them when I started looking into it was a story I had never heard about, which I feel like for someone Amazing. like me who is constantly watching things like I do Discovery, that's totally. rare.
1: And for someone like me and you who are constantly searching for rom-crime mm-hmm. type things. So Twisted Love is like right up our alleys.
0: So yeah. thank you,
1: Chloe Kardashian, for giving us some fun content to dive into and to share with our listeners this summer. Uh, you know, it's kind of a nice six week series we're going to kick in. Yeah, to full we're going to just, just now. Gonna
0: go through all of them. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun. And by fun, I mean tragic and sad.
1: Yeah, yeah. But Rob Crimey. So the oh, yeah. first episode is called, in, in this series, Twisted Love, it's called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, right, Av?
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie, Vanya?
1: You know, I did when I was little. Um, I remember being freaked out. I, I, yes, I remember. D- I do remember, like, the main character who's, like, the victim or whatever. She, she like, sues, a, uh, which also made me nervous to go to the gynecologist, but she su- sues a gynecologist because he... Basically, sexually assaults her, but he takes his glove off. Remember before he like checks her. Oh
0: yeah, I've totally forgot about that entire that, like, aspect uh, weird of weird
1: shit. Like that sears into my memory, and I'm like,
0: what? I was gonna say, I just, I just remember like terrifying. Um, it's Rebecca De Mornay, right? Yes, and she's the nanny. Like they hire her to be the nanny or the night nurse or something and she was just so wonderfully terrifying with like her (sighs) big scary crazy eyes yeah and um I also watched that movie when I was probably too young
1: yeah I was young I don't remember much but I just remember being like freaked out and then I mean I think she tries to suck the husband's dick at night or something without him knowing who it is and he's like whoa who's this this isn't my wife ah
0: (laughs) I love how every time I'm in a movie where <laughs> a woman sneaks up on a man and gives him a blowjob, like that's a thing that happens.
1: Right. <laughs> um I'm like, okay. they're always
0: like, No, no. And you're like, Yeah, okay. I thought they actually had the affair. I thought he was sleeping with her, like consciously, and then she turned out to be crazy. Well, that could but be. you know what? Haven't seen the movie in a long yep. time. Sorry guys. Um, yeah. But watch a uh, hand that rocks the cradle the movie. It's an excellent, terrifying depiction. Of uh, romantic love gone horribly criminal. Yeah, criminale. Okay, criminales. All right, you're gonna take us. You're gonna start us off with this.
1: Yes. Wait. Hold on. I'm trying to think. Am I getting? Am I getting single white female confused? Anyways, I might be. So okay. Yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start. (laughs) Sorry,
0: guys. I'm single white female is also a good one.
1: Right. It is. Is that Rebecca De as well?
0: I think that's um. Bridget Fonda. Oh, you're right. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to start us off on this tale of The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. So first I'm going to talk about Tammy Kyler. Um, Tammy Kyler is a big, she's a main, she's a, a character, an actual living human being who is, goes all the way throughout this story, right? hmm So at the beginning of the ID show, Twisted Love, we meet Antoinette Keaton, Tammy's best friend since childhood. She talks She talks about Tammy's temperament. She was very trusting. She was super kind and giving almost to a fault. And in 19, 1985, Tammy attended the University of St. Joseph in West Hartford, Connecticut. She was pursuing a degree in psychology. She was a super focused student and I assumed that they were roommates, but I don't know. But, you know, anyways, on the weekends, Antoinette and a bunch of girls and Tammy would go blow off some steam and party at the clubs, as you do in college, right? Because Oh, all yeah. did that. I mean, I, I love that. Anyways, one weekend night, Tammy meets Arnold and it goes really well and it's time to go home and Antoinette she tells Antoinette to, you just go ahead. Just go ahead. I'm going to go get a ride from Arnold. And the girls were like, are you sure? Because I've definitely been in that spot with my friends. And I'm like, are you sure he's not a rapist? Let's be careful.
0: We just met him tonight. Are you sure? Exactly. And it was a more innocent time back in 1985. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But not really. But maybe.
1: Maybe. I know. Well, maybe anyway. So, so it goes well. So, you know, she's, the the relationship starts to grow from there right and so at the time arnold was also a student he was studying english at yukon he was very good looking had a really good job his own apartment you know basically antoinette was like you know we had a lot to be you know
0: arnold had <laughs> mm-hmm. it going on you guys he what did. is what vanya is trying to say he had it going it, he had on. it going
1: on he was charismatic and he knew it and he mm-hmm. knew it good point mm mm-hmm. mhm so then in so then we meet Amber Riley Wilson, Tammy's first cousin, which she cracks me up. I don't know why. I
0: know. <laughs> she was cracking me up too. I was like, I know you're not meant to be comic relief. No. But I appreciate you. I know. And how you see the world. Yeah. Like Antoinette, the best friend, is,
1: I mean, she might even be a psychologist. I don't know. She speaks like so, um, she speaks so well to like people's emotions in a way that I don't think I could do. You know, like. She's like they were feeling. Y-. Anyways, watch the show; it's great. She's she's great. But but Amber, on the other hand, is like you know. On the other hand, is like oh ha- uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. so she tells of her impression of their relationship. She basically made Arnold seem like kind of a dog <laughs> that he has. That the only reason he was into Tammy at first because she used to have a bangin' body, <laughs> and I'm like okay um but then she but but she does say but overall they seemed happy when you know when she brought when tammy brought him around for family functions they seemed like a happy couple in 1988 after they graduated arnold and tammy move in together and tammy was like ready for that she seems like yeah. such a kind like sort of nurturing woman, person she was ready to sort of settle down but arnold was not ready but he did it anyways See, he was still getting lots of attention from the ladies and it seems that he wasn't ready to give that up. Also, he was not ready to give up being inside other women's vaginas. So, big surprise, during this time he was unfaithful and though Tammy might have suspected, Antoinette, her bestie, says something that I think, honestly, a lot of us have been guilty of doing at some point maybe in our lives, but she said, Tammy protected the image of who she wanted him to be to her friends and family and to herself and to herself for sure so
0: she just like chose to ignore that
1: yeah I I feel like I've definitely I mean I know I've done that because you want your
0: you want your family to
1: believe that you're making good decisions and that you're right
0: and that you're not actively yeah choosing to be with somebody who isn't doing right by you yeah you know that's hard mm-hmm. but also I feel like this is um a lesson everybody and obviously every relationship is different circumstances for all people and how things go start end up but I just feel like if before a full commitment is made say like to spend your life with someone if they're mm-hmm. not able to be true and faithful to you they that. never gonna be they're never going to be ever 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 going to be
1: and it's just gonna be miserable I mean like I don't know I, I couldn't personally handle that. I know that some people there are people who are like polyamorous um, who sure which that's means agreed they agreed upon but ahead it's of agreed time. upon but I just couldn't do it personally and I feel like definitely Tammy well we'll just I'm gonna read on. So two years later, despite his fucking around, they're still living together and she gets pregnant. Tammy expresses that she wants to get married, you know, like, We're a baby. And I'm sure somewhere in her head is like, this is going to be the thing where he stops cheating right. or whatever. But, you know, he was just having flings. Not that that's okay, but I think, you know, he wasn't like emotionally into anybody else. It was all just Right, like, he was
0: just having sex with other women. Yeah, he wasn't having B, other relationships
1: with other maybe women. Maybe with some A, yeah. but anyways. And regardless <laughs> of his many affairs, he agrees and they get married and move to Windsor, Connecticut.
0: Okay. Tossing it to me. hmm <laughs> So, on October 6th of 1990, Jarrell is born. Jarrell is Arnold and Tammy's son. And so, yes, as you mentioned, they had recently relocated from Hartford to Windsor. And after the move and birth of Jarrell, Tammy reconnects with her faith, and she becomes active in the Jehovah's Witness Fellowship Church, In Windsor, several relatives of Tammy's are also members of the church, including her Aunt Joyce and her cousin Chastity. So now she's got a new baby, a full-time job, and all of this family around her again that she hadn't had since she'd been off to school. So immediately she enlists her younger cousin, Chastity, to help her out. Chastity starts babysitting. She helps clean the house. She even comes over sometimes and cooks food for them. Chastity is a young, outgoing, like, 22, early um, 20s-year-old girl who was kind of known and especially described by her cousin Amber, (laughs) Riley Wilson, as a flirt. However, her provocative jokes and suggestive behavior towards Arnold started to raise more than a few eyebrows within the family. Now, Tammy, for her part, tried to just shrug it off. Chastity was, after all, her cousin and, more importantly, as Antoinette, her friend, pointed out, her sister in faith. She would never cross that line. Yeah. But other family members, they weren't so sure. In fact... Amber describes a family pool party that summer, or Antoinette, both of them, all of the people they interviewed, describe a a pool party that summer, where Arnold and Chastity are basically acting like teenagers in love, giggling and flirting and splashing and playing around. And it's almost like they don't even realize that they are not alone at this party, that his wife is sitting right there, that their entire extended family is all around. And in that moment, Tammy starts to feel a seed of doubt grow inside of her, and the trust that she'd put in chastity. And then one night, not too long after, Arnold decides to go out to the club with some friends. One of those friends is chastity. So nightclubs, it's important to just know this detail, in Connecticut, close at 2 a.m. So it's like Los Angeles, not like New York. Right. They close at 2 a.m. So when the two still hadn't come back home by 3 a.m., Tammy's doubt seedling had turned into deep suspicion. And when the two finally get back to the house at 4 a.m., they tell Tammy some, like, cockamamie story about how they left the club when it closed, they were headed back, then they realized Chastity had left her ID at the club, so they had to go back, figure out how to get someone to let them in, get the ID, and that's why it took them so long to come home after the club closed.
1: Aren't Aren't Jehovah's Witness not supposed
0: to drink? I... I actually don't know, know that the answer but to that. I'm no, just but saying, I, actually, like... I do not believe that to be true because oh. my mother-in-law is a Jehovah's Witness. Oh, and she, um, or not my mother-in-law, sorry, my grandmother-in-law, <laughs> not my mother-in-law, um, but my husband's grandma on one side is a Jehovah's Witness, and she definitely enjoys a glass of champagne with me okay. when we have dinner together. I think maybe they just don't don't advise getting drunk. Uh. I think you're more. I don't think it's one of those super strict things where you can't drink. But you're not supposed to like, I see. you know, get turn get turned, if you will, know, or like, <laughs> especially get with wasted your at the club, cousins with your husband. wife's cousin, or yeah. so, or your yeah, or your cousin's husband. So, even though Tammy doesn't say anything, she does not believe the story that they tell her, Mm-mm. and tension within this family starts to grow. It is now the summer of 1995 and rumors of an affair between Arnold and Chastity were kind of at a fever pitch. Like everyone in the family is pretty much convinced something isn't right here. But Tammy, who is now pregnant with their second child seems to have decided to turn a blind eye to what seemed so very obvious to everyone else. Tammy, as you mentioned, was a really sweet person. She was not confrontational and she wanted to keep her marriage together for the sake of her son and her almost born baby Mm -hmm. and so after the birth of their second child a daughter they named Lindsay chastity is still hanging out at the house helping out with the babysitting and the cooking and the cleaning and she's just around all of the time and completely outraged by their blatant behavior a few friends and family members decide that if Tammy won't confront chastity about what's going on then they're going to do it for her so they go over to Chastity's mother's home, her mother Joyce, Joyce which is Tammy's aunt, and where Chastity also lives. They go to their house and they basically confront her and they say not only to Chastity but to Joyce, like this has to stop. Please, they implore Joyce to tell her daughter that not only what she's doing is, you know, wrong and cruel to Tammy, but also he's way too old for her. What about her faith? What about what she wants with her life? Like she's throwing all of it away. And instead of agreeing with them and saying, chastity, my God, what the hell are you doing? Mm -hmm. Not that that's, I guess, what a religious person would say. My goodness, (laughs) what on earth are you doing? Joyce gets pissed at the friends and family that had come by to basically intervene. And she staunchly defends her daughter. She's screaming at all of them that her daughter would never do anything wrong. If she says she's not having an affair with him, she's not having an affair with him. She would never lie. Her children don't lie. That's so this hilarious.
1: Point, All children lie. All children yes. lie at some point. But maybe not to this degree. But like when she blatantly, Joyce is like, my children don't lie. Yeah. Go, go fuck you yourself. Know. You know. Well, no, but I
0: mean, it is just crazy to think like that is just straight delusional. That is somebody that has decided that yeah. like her own kids are basically angels and she yeah. just stuck her head in the in the sand and was then never pulled it back out. She's like the, anything that they do is perfect and wonderful. And so right. if she's having an affair then that's probably what she's supposed to be doing. Well, Although in this case mm. they deny it. Yeah. They deny, but deny, deny.
1: I will even say with like Tammy, you know, because they were, you know, sisters in Christ also, as well as cousins. She really trusted, even when she knew, she felt, I mean, I'm just saying, she felt it in her heart and her bones that something was amiss. And Mm -hmm. I just feel like sometimes religion makes people trust people more than they should. And I feel like you cannot... People do awful shit in the name of the Lord. And it just, anyways. Right. Sorry, I digress. And also,
0: no, no, and you're not digressing, but I agree with what you're saying. And not that chastity ever says that, you know, God told her to be with Arnold. Right, right. So that doesn't necessarily apply to the specific situation. But I, I do think it's important to say, hey, like, I'm not I'm not a religious person. So I don't have that in my life. Therefore, I, I don't like to judge others that do because I don't understand that. So I don't mm-hmm. know how to. Talk about it, but I will say this. If you have a gut feeling about something, if something gnaws at you, if something makes the hair on your arms stand up or like your your tummy flutter, whatever, that is given to you by whatever created all of us human beings. That's right. And so listen to it. Trust your instincts. Trust your instincts. They were given to you.
1: Yeah, I was trying to, to use t- them. Teach my kids about that. Amelia, my daughter, I was trying to tell her what instincts were about trusting your instincts. If you ever feel something's off or whatever, anyways.
0: Yeah, no, it's important. So it is it is I, a god given just, instinct. The instinct. Yeah, it's a god given <laughs> instinct. For sure. So so use it. And then mm-hmm. so basically as a result of this confrontation and then Joyce completely defending her daughter, a huge rift within the extended family is born now in the middle of all of this going on right so we got a brand new infant daughter we got friends and family that are basically confronting your cousin about sleeping with your husband even though you're like you guys I just uh, (laughs) life is really hard right now we don't have to do this and they're like no we do this is wrong on top of all of that Tammy is dealing with another crisis her brother Danny and his girlfriend I tried to find her name it is nowhere in print and it's not mentioned in the documentary so I'm just going to refer to her as his girlfriend Danny and his Mm -hmm. girlfriend are in danger of losing their brand new baby boy Danny Jr. due to their severe alcoholism and child neglect now as we mentioned or maybe we didn't but Tammy's a social worker so she knows the system and she does not want her nephew to end up in foster care So, she takes it upon herself to remove Danny Jr. from his parents' home, and she takes him in herself. So, now, she's caring for three small children. Yeah. And this, plus the suspected affair, has Tammy's entire family in turmoil. Now, I'm going to throw it back to you, Oh, my gosh.
1: I can't even imagine. Right. They're in turmoil, and it's 1996. She's still trying her best to save and hold on to her marriage. Um but her cousin Chastity, which by the way, this is confusing. Her name is Chastity, not Chastity. Isn't that the weirdest thing? Oh, there's it not is? a, yes, there's not a T. It's a name. Cause there, when I looked her up, a lot of Chastities came out, but I just, I'm like, how is someone named Chastity and not Chastity? I like well, to I add the titty in there.
0: I did not pick up on that, and well, have been calling her Chastity this entire time because I really <laughs> thought that was her name.
1: But you know what though? When you type it in, it just autocorrects it. But also, when you hear her cousin, or her cousin and her best friend talk, say her name, it sounds or whatever—not best friend, but you know, anyone who knows her on the documentary, it sounds like Chastity. Chastity. Anyways,
0: sorry. <laughs> so it's Anyways. Chastity.
1: Chastity. Yeah.
0: Hmm, okay. Whoopsies. Sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no.
1: I mean, no. So one night, you know, screw Joyce for naming her such a weird name. And if your name is Chastity, I'm sorry. You're beautiful. And just keep on keeping on. Okay. So one night there was this get together at Chastity's mom's house where Chastity also lived. We talked about that. Her mom was Joyce. It was a weird, it was weirdly a couple's gathering. And though Arnold and Chastity weren't a couple, they were there together. I kind of have like some weird feeling that like Chastity created the whole situation to be whatever. Anyways,
0: so I just don't understand any of this. You guys like when I am watching this, I'm like, how on earth like her mom saying she's not having an affair and then hosting couples movie nights where her her sister's daughter, her niece, her niece's husband is coming and being the. The extra single person with her single daughter, Chastity. I don't know. I just literally was like, mm-hmm. what the actual fuck? I what mean, the actual fuck is going on? Like, what is
1: wrong? Another what the actual fuck is, I feel like the family should have confronted him, but maybe that would have put in, put too much I do agree. I do because, agree with that. I mean, it takes two to tango, and if one tang- person tangoing is absolutely not- nutso, then just watch the fuck out. So anyways, they watch a movie together, everybody, and they all fall asleep. And later in the evening... A squeaking sound wakes one of the friends sleeping on the floor. She opens her eyes, and lo and behold, that sound is Chastity boning Arnold on the couch. The ball's on the woman. Also, fuck Arnold, what a dick in front of people. I mean, so disrespectful to Tammy, the mother of his children, to make a mockery of her.
0: Asshole. It is both of insane. Like, you couldn't have snuck into the bathroom. Like, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. I mean, with what we know is like that chastity was kind of nuts is she probably like got off on it a little bit, you know?
0: I know. But that's just gross. It
1: is. It's disgusting. It's really even if it's not your
0: cousin's husband, you don't need to like fuck somebody while there's a room full of people sleeping. Like just in case one of them wakes up. Yeah. Like get a room. And the person there. That's where that saying comes from. Yeah. Get a room. Get a room. (laughs) Get a room, people.
1: But yeah, the the woman or the friend who saw that couldn't go to sleep because she felt sick to her stomach because, of course, she knew Tammy and knew all the things. Well, guess what? It got back to Tammy, and she had it. Finally. I think it was because this wasn't a fling she could ignore, obviously. It was a relationship that was happening right in front of her goddamn eyes with her cousin, someone she trusted. I mean, seriously. So she decides Mm -hmm. to divorce Arnold. He moved out. I know. Good Lord. And he probably, I mean, the way they even got together, I'm kind of like, he probably was a little relieved about it too. I don't know. But Tammy being the sweet person she was, is like, you live your life. Be with Chastity. I don't care. Like, I'm just going to do me. So Chastity and Arnold continued their relationship, but behind closed doors still because the rest of the family...
0: Because he's her cousin's ex-husband and she's the reason they got divorced because it's bad. It's wrong. It's just not something you should do. No, but this kind of drama happens.
1: I mean, without the ending that this ended is, but like this kind of drama happens in, in the world. It's just crazy. So chastity just wanted to get on with their lives and she wanted to marry arnold and move away from all of this judgment you judging my family's judging me let's just get married but arnold didn't want to be too far from his kids you know he, he honestly he might have been a shitty husband but he was a supportive father and he loved his children he wanted to be in their lives so if chastity if you love him then you just chill the fuck out and whatever
0: And you stay his dirty little secret. In
1: 1998, Tammy gets her life back. She got her life back, everybody. She buys her first home. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. buys her home. I I mean, how exciting. She bought it. um, There was enough rooms for her and her three kids, of course, Jarell, baby Lindsay, and her nephew Danny Jr. And guess what? She starts dating again. She meets a guy. His name's Benjamin. And he was attracted to her, and he saw her as a sexy lady. She felt wanted, finally. That's what Antoinette was like. She finally felt, you know, like, desired, and it gave her her confidence back. And eventually, she felt comfortable enough to have him over to her house and also be around her kids and spend the night, which, uh, anyways. Family members' spidey sense went up when they met him because he was weird and he would brag about being a Jamaican gangster. And he also said inappropriate shit in front of her kids, which by the way, she was not having like, he'd say sexual stuff, like not to them, but just who knows right in front of them. So yeah, she was like, no, 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 no. I don't fucking think so. And then she found out he was married. Oy vey. I mean, the, the luck on this woman, I feel so bad. So she broke it I off know. with him, you know, like, yeah, she did. Nobody has died for that bullshit, and she's been through enough, guys. So, needless to say, Benjamin, he was so whatever. Anyway, so he was a dude who usually got what he wanted, and apparently mm-hmm. he was like super pissed about it. But that's silly to me. You're married. What but are you doing? He's the married one. Yeah, you're not
0: allowed to be pissed at her for being like, you know what? Didn't sign up for that. No. I'm not, I'm somebody who just had her whole marriage ruined by an affair, not interested in being the chastity in this scenario. I
1: know. Well, good point. You know, I didn't even think about that. I also think it must be so hard to be a mom with kids and trying to date and like knowing when is the right time to bring that person around your kids and stuff like that. I don't know. Sometimes I wonder because this guy seemed a little shady, like what was she thinking? I don't know.
0: Right. But part of me is also like at least this time because we know based on yeah her past that she she would just kind of keep her mouth shut and try to avoid conflict. So I was actually really proud of her when she immediately kicked him to the curb and she was yeah. like uh, no no no. <laughs> no. Yeah. no.
1: Yeah. No no no.
0: But yeah, he apparently was like you don't get to decide that.
1: I'd be like suck a d b. Yeah, get out married. of my house.
0: Suck a d b. We don't like anymore Ben. Yeah.
1: So then, what then? What happened, Av?
0: Okay, so actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a disclaimer right here. Oh yeah. Um, what what I'm gonna tell you guys is incredibly upsetting. Yeah. I'm not gonna cry. It's dark and it involves hurting children. So if that really doesn't seem like something that you want to listen to, I just want to give you fair warning because then I really don't recommend that you listen to the end of the podcast because it is just. I just, want, I just didn't think it was fair to spring this. Good point. Without giving a disclaimer. So disclaimer, what I'm about to tell you may be disturbing to certain listeners and um, listener discretion is advised. There, that's how I'm going to say it. Good job. So as Vanya mentioned, we've now gone into a time that's like post-Tammy and Arnold. He's with chastity. She is single again because she kicked that nasty boyfriend, Benjamin, out of her life. And it is now July 9th. Of 1998. Tammy Kyler wakes up at 2 a.m. to a whooshing sound. Thinking somehow the wind had pushed open her front door, she gets up to investigate, leaving her two children, Jarell, who's seven, and Lindsay, who's two, asleep in her bed. The kids had crawled in with her a few hours earlier because they were very scared of the thunderstorm that had been going on outside, and her baby nephew Danny Jr. is also asleep in his crib in her room when Tammy walks into her living room she sees two figures dressed in black wearing masks she turns to run and is tackled to the ground by one of the intruders he puts his hand over her mouth and tells her to shut the fuck up and no one will get hurt he smells like gasoline while pinned to the ground Tammy sees the second intruder head upstairs where the children's bedrooms are located after about 30 seconds or so the intruder comes back down the stairs and enters Tammy's bedroom they shut the door behind them. Knowing her kids are in that room, Tammy starts fighting back against the man pinning her to the floor. In the struggle, Tammy manages to remove his hand from her mouth, ripping off his latex glove and watch in the process, and she starts screaming, don't hurt my kids, don't hurt my kids. Then the sound of a two-year-old Lindsay whimpering begins to permeate the living room. Hearing the sound of Lindsay crying startles the man who was holding Tammy to the floor, and he immediately jumps up off of her and screams to the other intruder, I'm out, I'm out, and bolts out the door. A few moments later, the second assailant exits Tammy's bedroom and walks out the front door. Tammy springs up from the ground, runs to the front door to lock it, and then races to her room. She walks into a nightmare. Blood is gushing from two-year-old Lindsay's arm where she has been slashed deeply. Tammy grabs a towel and wraps it around the wound. Woo, I said I wasn't going to cry, but I cried when I wrote it, and I'm going to cry a little bit while I tell it. She sees Jarrell curled up in bed asleep and rushes to him to wake him up. She calls his name. She shakes him a little bit, and still, he doesn't move. She rolls him over and starts screaming. Seven-year-old Jarrell's throat had been slashed. Tammy runs to the phone and dials 911. Police arrive at the home and find the stuff of horror movies. There is blood everywhere, on the living room floor, the staircase, the walls. Paramedics are in Tammy's bedroom trying to to revive Jarrell. Their efforts are in vain because Jarrell is already gone. The nature of this crime shook detectives to their core. Why would someone, come into a house to kill the children, an innocent person who could p- not possibly have done anything to anyone to meet this kind of end. Children are, of course, innocent. So police immediately hone in on Tammy. Someone had done this to hurt her, they concluded. So the investigation starts. Police start talking to those closest to Tammy. To Tammy. They start with her ex-husband, Arnold. Who is, of course, an immediate, like, major suspect. But Arnold is quickly cleared because after her call to nine one one, Tammy called Arnold at home and he answered the phone and she spoke to him about everything that had happened. And his apartment was around twenty miles away from her. So if mm-hmm. she called him minutes after the intruders had exited her home and she reached him there, then there was no way that he was mm-hmm. one of those two people inside of her house. Yeah. Oh, did you So he Yes. I was just going to so, say, and Lindsay lived. Yes. Sorry. She just had the gash on her arm. She her had surgery, immediate surgery
1: when she went to the hospital, but she Sorry, lived. yes. Just, and I just want to put that out there.
0: Yes. And little baby David um, Danny. was yeah. complete. Or sorry, Danny. Jeez Louise. Little Danny <laughs> Jr. was completely uninjured. Yeah. So Lindsay is in the hospital. Danny is uninjured. And um, Jarell is gone. And uh, Arnold has been cleared as a suspect. So then, police turn their investigation towards Tammy's brother, Danny, and his girlfriend. Danny Jr., who was sleeping in his crib in Tammy's room, as I just mentioned, had been left untouched. Could they have been exacting revenge? She took their son from them, so they took took her son from her. Mm. But this line of investigation never really gets off the ground because of one really key piece of evidence that was left at the scene. And that evidence was a makeshift Molotov cocktail that had been left on Tammy's nightstand. It was a two-liter pineapple soda bottle filled with gasoline, and then a cookie package had been kind of stuffed into it to act as like the igniter. And if the plan had been to blow up the house, then Danny Jr. would have perished as well, Uh, meaning they don't believe that his parents would have tried to kill him, if that in fact was the motive for any of this. And then, even more importantly, That Molotov cocktail was eerily similar to one that had been found at the scene of another murder just a month before involving the Jamaican drug cartel. Could they be involved? Police start digging into Tammy's contacts to see if she knows anyone connected to the Jamaicans. It turns out she does. Her ex-boyfriend, Ben. Remember Ben, everyone? Mm Mm-hmm. So police bring Ben in for questioning. As it turns out, Ben is actually very cooperative, answers all of police's questions, and he is also able to give them a verifiable alibi. So they have to send him on his way. Police are flummoxed. They are pulling their hair out. Who did this and why? Every single lead they follow turns up nothing. So police decide it's time to get creative and use a little trickery to try to coax the killers out. So in the paper and on the news, a photo of the watch that Tammy had ripped off one of the intruders is shown with the headline, DNA found on watch wristband left behind in slaying of child. Police are awaiting results.
1: Mm -hmm. Love this. The day after that
0: story circulated in the papers and on TV, the police get a phone call from a lawyer saying his client wants to talk to them about a watch. The client's name is Alexis Grajayes, which is different than what they tell you on the TV show. Oh, interesting. I did, read some, I did read some, you know, other things about this, and I was like, oh, that's one of those examples of where they change the names. Oh, interesting. So Alexis tells police that his girlfriend's cousin, Chastity West, had paid him $4,000 to terrorize Tammy Kyler. He had purchased the box cutter used in the murder and provided the pineapple soda bottle at Chastity's request. He tells police that Chastity assured him Tammy's kids were not going to be home that evening because they were staying with their grandparents that night. She also told him the plans not to kill Tammy just scare her. She didn't want her dead because she didn't want to have to take care of her kids if she died.
1: Um, $4,000 $4, Chass- is a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot of money. Like, who has $4,000 laying around? I mean, I know people I, do. <laughs> I'm sorry. It well, just shows it's, how it's, much it's, of an asshole I am, and I'm a bad saver. No, but-
0: well, you know, she also was, she was a practicing nurse. Who lived right. at home with her mom. That's so she true. didn't have rent. That's true. So she, she was a practicing nurse. Yeah.
1: I didn't know that. That's gross. And I also she think was... I missed that it was a box cutter. That makes me really sad. Yeah. I mean, all of it's sad, but I don't know why that it makes all me all more just sad. so sad.
0: So he, where was I? Sorry. Oh, so. No, you're totally fine. So she doesn't want Tammy to die because she doesn't want to have to take care of his of her kids if she dies. And the kids are with the grandparents is what she tells Alexis. The plan, Chastity told him, is more akin to a prank than anything else. But when Alexis heard the kids screaming, he fled the scene. And that's the story he tells police.
1: Also, he should like, oh, are you going to pay me $4,000 for a prank? Come on, Alexis. Yeah.
0: And why do you, I mean.
1: Get your head out of I your ass, know. buddy.
0: He must have probably needed some money. And I'm assuming if she reached out to him, maybe he had a little bit of a criminal background or something. Sure. It's not like you just ask some random boyfriend of your cousin that you don't know anything about. Good point. You know, not think they're going to do anything, but the documentary didn't really get into that. So I can't answer that question. (laughs) Um, So police are like, what? And they immediately head to Chastity's home and tell her that she needs to come down with them to the station for an interview. So initially, Chastity tells police that she was home the night of the murder, but the police, they keep pressing, and eventually they pull out three photos of Jarrell from his autopsy and they place them in front of her. She seems to come unraveled at the sight of these photos. She's acting kind of erratic, she's crying, she keeps putting her face in in her hands, and finally one of the detectives asks who did this? And Chasity says, I did. Sinking down into her chair, she then starts crying hysterically. Chastity is placed under arrest and taken away. So during the course of the rest of the police's investigation, um, they discover just how thought out and pre-planned this attack had been. Some of the things that they discovered Chastity had done leading up to this was having her younger cousin, Amber, remember Amber, everyone? Yeah. Steal a house key out of Lindsay's diaper bag, give it to her so that she could make a copy of it and then put it back. And they also found evidence that she had done some research about the Jamaican drug cartel hit and purposefully left the Molotov cocktail there to mislead police.
1: Ooh, that's like some like real dirty... Dirty yeah she had
0: like really thought it out. and she planned to kill them I mean, yeah, I assume so because why would she lie and say they weren't gonna be there but then her sole purpose she went upstairs. Yeah, they weren't upstairs. She went downstairs into the bedroom, found them That's and true. It's, what are what's a, what are kids gonna do to you? like wag their like tell you what I'm gonna tell on you I mean yeah. So detectives biggest question though through all of this was why right? Why would chastity murder? Her cousins, who she cared for when they were babies, she, took, she changed their diapers, she held them when they cried, she cooked food for them. Why would she do this to Arnold, a man she claimed to love so much? Why would mm-hmm. she take his children from him? Well, the answer, police found out, was almost as horrifying as the crime itself. So Chastity wanted to move to Atlanta. Atlanta. She wanted to get out of Connecticut with Arnold so that she could stop being his secret. You know, the family is all in Connecticut. Let's go somewhere else, get married, and start a new life. And he basically said to her, I, I'm, I hope you understand this. Like, I'm never going to marry you. You are the cousin of my ex-wife the cousin of my children, and it's just not going to happen. It's it's too wrong. Like, this is not ever meant to be an out-in-the-open relationship. And more importantly, I'm never, ever leaving Connecticut. My kids live here. Right. They're too important to me, and I'm not going to move somewhere where I can't see them every week. hmm So, Chastity figures she'll just get rid of the people keeping him in Windsor, Connecticut. And that once she got him out of town, so once she kills his kids, removes the only reason he has for staying... And gets him out of Connecticut, she'll change his mind about marrying her. And <coughs> that is that <coughs> is con, that is literally the motive for murdering a seven-year-old child and attempting to murder a two-year-old. That's it.
1: What an asshole.
0: So chastity's murder trial is a capital case. So that means the death penalty was on the table. And I'm somebody mm. who's anti-death penalty, but I'll tell you, when I was watching this, I was like, ooh, I appreciate it right now. Yeah. So immediately after being arrested and confessing, Chastity recants that confession, insisting, "No, I didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't me. I wasn't there. That um, Alexis must have committed the crime with someone else. He knew. She wasn't there. She didn't do it." She was I mean, can home. you do that? Can you recant things like that? You certainly can, but it's not gonna, it's not going to get your confession thrown out if you recant, as long as that uh, confession was obtained legally, which it was. Like, yeah. She can take it back all she wants, but it's still coming into evidence. Oh yeah. So she's basically deny, deny, deny. She says that she was home. She even gets her mother, her brother, and her sister all to testify that she was home that night, which of course, there's already that rift in the family. Yeah. And this and that that choosing of sides in this instance in the in the in the death of Jarrell. Tears the family in two. So I'm we've sure. got Chastity's family and we've got everybody else and they will never come back together. Um, so she's got them testifying on her behalf. But. The prosecutors have video surveillance from a gas station that shows Chastity meeting Alexis at one thirty in the morning on the night of the murder. And it even shows her paying for the gas that they put in the soda bottle. So regardless of her denial of guilt, her family testifying on her behalf, the jury is unconvinced and they find chastity guilty during sentencing. The jury opted to spare chastity's life. Many say because she had literally never committed a crime before this. Um, Some people think it's because she was a woman and it's somehow for some reason, just statistically women are put to death far less than men. Mm. Um, so they opted to spare Chastity's life, and instead they sent they sentenced her to 999 years in prison, without the possibility of parole. I
1: Which think that's worse. Feel long enough. I know. I, I agree with you, but I think for me, I'd rather die, like than spend ni- Like obviously, we don't live 999 years, right? But like for the rest of your I life, I'd rather you. live. I'd rather die. But so I think, in some ways, it's it was crueler for her to be so. She's hopefully yeah.
0: miserable and thinking well, about what she done. I could not agree with you more. I think that the death, the reason why I'm against the death penalty is one, uh, one out of every nine convictions in America is like overturned because it was wrong. Right. And so the those odds of putting to death somebody who's actually innocent are just too high in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I also don't think that it's the right of other people to take someone else's life. I'm with I, I also agree with that in murder. That's why I think they should go to jail forever. Yeah, but I yeah. do also think that murder I mean she was 23 so crazy like her she's going to spend her entire life in jail and that is so much worse than just being put out of your misery
1: I know it that for sure I mean I just obviously you know it's hard to put your brain inside of inside the criminal but I'm like why did she do it you know that's always my question with all of these things is like why, why? and I like why and what like really obviously she had I mean, not that this is the same thing, but her her mom never said no to her, it seems like. Not that that's a thing, but I think she was used to getting kind of what she
0: wanted. Right. And I don't know. Like I think she might have truly... I think you're on to something there, Vanya. I never really thought about it like that, but this is a girl who was basically told that she was a perfect angel. She could do no wrong. Everything yeah. she wanted, she would have. And when she wanted Arnold to marry her and moved away to Atlanta, and he said literally there's no no way i'm never giving you any of those things that you know she's a spoiled brat and she's like well i'll figure out how to get what i want
1: i was looking on the internet because i was like there's got to be like a a psychological something that she is you know and and then i kept coming across i was like oh maybe it was like fatal attraction you know she just wanted him so much um that she you know whatever. So I looked up fatal attraction and actually, this is interesting, everyone. Fatal attraction in the urban dictionary is someone who goes beyond normal attraction for something. uh, It goes beyond normal attraction for someone. It gets to the point where a person may become morbidly infatuated with their love interest to the point where it can get unhealthy and dangerous. But guess what? That's not the actual. uh, So I think morbid infatuation could be a thing as well. But That's not the definition. The actual definition of fatal attraction is in interpersonal relationships, a fatal attraction is when the very qualities that draw one to someone eventually contribute to the breakup. So like,
0: yeah,
1: so like if if I love your laugh when we get together and then at the end of our relationship, I'm like, I can't fucking hear your laugh anymore. So you break up because of their laugh. (laughs)
0: So that's I, the definition of fatal attraction. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, it's so like I, the I thought that The reason you fell in love
0: with them ends up being the reason you break yeah. up with them. So that's interesting because that basically breaks that definition down into like what ended up being fatal to the attraction you held for this person.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's
0: like, I hated your laugh so much that I had to break up with you. Yeah. And that was, that's, I had no idea. I know,
1: I know. So I was like, then what is because it? Of what is the movie. Is it is. It's because of the movie, totally. But yeah. I was like, I wanted, I wanted... I just wanted a definition of like why she did what she did because killing a child like that is just so evil. It's just like the most, it's one of the most evil things you could do to the person, like you said, the person you love. She she took away someone. He, I don't know, maybe she just wanted to be the only one. It's just unfathomable yeah, to me. It's really it is, hard for I, me to wrap my mind around.
0: I'm with you there. I I feel like there's so many terms we could throw around you know like sociopath yeah psychopath um narcissistic narcissistic but to me sure probably all those things not Mm -hmm. that i actually know what i'm talking about when (laughs) i say that but but i also feel like she kind of defies description yeah when i i kept i'm with you i kept being like what the actual like what and why and then the reason why like how did you ever justify that in your own mind? If you love this man so much and he's literally telling you the reason why you guys can't leave and go do this thing you want to do is because of his love for his kids. And then your thought is, well, I'll just get rid of them then. And right. then you'll just, trans- you'll just transfer that love to me. That's not a normal way know. of
1: thinking. That's just not. No. I wish There is that...
0: something wrong there.
1: I would have loved to, I mean, uh, obviously you want to see the um, predator of the per- of the film. I wish there was a way to get footage of her to, to. I just want to see if she's sorry. I'm sure she is. I don't know who knows, but whatever. I she's paying her debt right now, and she will to the day she passes yes, from this earth. She
0: will. And I think rather than ending the, t- the telling of the story by talking about her, yes. because I do think she's she's unexplainable. She is, yeah. For lack of a better word, she is a monster. She is, yeah. She is in her own category. I've never, ever, ever heard of anything i mean there are, i've heard equally horrible things but right, her yeah. her reasoning and her motive to me are just they're yeah they're as yeah. bad as what she did it's like you you make no sense so let's switch back a little yes, bit yes yes, and yes. i want to talk about uh tammy yes so at the end of the tammy, documentary yes I... it's important to know as vanya pointed out that um Lindsay survived this attack Lindsay was two meaning not a lot of memories. Yeah. But her entire life was clearly defined by this event. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I loved is so much of what I felt when I was first learning about Tammy from other people in this documentary that made her seem weak to me yeah. ended up being the very same qualities that made her seem so incredibly strong to me I in the end. I agree with
1: you. Because
0: one of the first things that she says when they come back to her in an interview after everything is revealed Is that she has forgiven Arnold. That she knows that in his wildest dreams, when he treated her as badly as he did and did this and committed the ultimate betrayal by cheating on her with her own family member, there was not a part of him that could have ever imagined the end result. Hmm. So she has forgiven him. She says that he carries an incredibly large amount of guilt around with him to this day, which I can only imagine. Yeah. And that she knows that if he had any idea that this would be the possible outcome, that he never would have gotten involved with her. So and so crazy. she and Arnold have actually become good friends who co-parent their daughter, Lindsay, together mm-hmm. all the way. Yeah. And they have been a family. They didn't get back together, but they came together and held it together for Lindsay and have mm-hmm. both been a huge huge part of her life and they've done it together. And so I, I just thought, amazing. wow. What what a beautiful thing to to mm-hmm. be able to do for somebody whose pain is unimaginable. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine Arnold how do you even go on knowing that I know. your your inability not to to fuck around Right. Like inadvertently, of course, he didn't know it was going to happen, but like resulted in the, the murder of your child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to give him the gift to, for Tammy to give him the gift of her forgiveness, I just thought was incredibly beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's true. And I then
0: al- when she was asked if she forgave chastity, she said that she believes that forgiveness is a journey. It's a process and that she's still in the middle of hers. Yeah, but it sounded very. I was like, "Wow, you're a very strong woman."
1: I know. I don't know if if someone did that to my child, I would not be able to forgive. I don't know. I, I don't can't know.
0: Imagine forgiving.
1: I really don't know. But I wrote yeah. down. I also wrote down. Lindsay is so strong. Um, she's adorable in this. The documentary. They, you know, this sort of the last scene is her. they them at Jarrell's grave. Um, she's just, she's sweet. She's like, you know, I don't really remember a lot, but I, I often think of what it would have been like to have an older brother. See, this is where I get emotional. (laughs) I
0: know. No, it's incredibly sad, but I do think, yeah, it's, they're a beautiful family. They serve, they seem stronger than anyone I know or any, any way I could ever imagine being what they, what they managed to, they survived this. That's already the greatest amount of strength i can imagine and the fact that they are still a strong family unit um who are are striving towards forgiveness and peace instead of living (sighs) a life filled with like rage and for me like probably i don't know extreme depression and alcoholism yeah (laughs) i would be be the same i'm gonna drink i'm gonna drink myself into the ground yeah um but or just something or numb myself into the ground i know um
1: lucky she's special yeah so yeah. gosh guys I really want to say I I as much as this was so intense I I really enjoyed this um because of that because of the humanity in it from yeah Tammy and
0: Tammy and Lindsay and mm-hmm. Arnold um, who we don't actually see in the documentary no. but what they've said of him I agree with you this story feels it feels like it's it's deserving of people's to people to know about it because it's one yeah. of the ones I I'd, I'd never heard of and we always hear so many that's right of uh, these horrible stories and this yeah. family survived something so truly horrible yeah. um, and managed to come through it with such grace you know yeah. so my hearts are with them
1: me too you guys thank you so much for listening to this week's episode um, next week we're gonna have another good one for you yeah um, and if you
0: haven't yet. Um, go ahead and visit www.patreon.com yep, right? slash rom crime. Yep, slash
1: rom crime, that's
0: correct. Slash rom crime. And if you're interested, uh become one of our patrons. There's that's right. tiers of uh monthly gift you could give us that will um you will be rewarded with bonus content and all that's kinds right. of fun, silly stuff. Definitely. If that interests you, that's patreon.com/romcrime. And, and yes, thank you guys for tuning yeah. in. And Vanya. Oh, I was going to a- say,
1: and we're also doing a weekly, like 15 20 twenty-minute, maybe thirty, if we're feeling crazy, show on Tuesdays at five PM on our Instagram, Instagram Live, and it will be up on our grid, our feed as well. So we love yes, you. Yes, check out Demented Love. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's so fun. It's so we love fun. you.